Hi, I'm Hannah, team manager with the Orange Arrow Players Association, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to coach student athletes to aim for success off the field. Please consider making a play by giving, hosting a friend raiser, subscribing to our podcast and YouTube channel, and staying connected on social media at Orange Arrow PA. Visit orangearrow.org for more information. Thank you for listening. Take aim. Welcome to Inside the Play Call with Orange Arrow, and I'm your host, Sean Robinson. And today we have a very, very special guest, Ashley A.B. Battle. Ashley, what's up? How are you? What's good? What's good? All is well? Yeah, I'm doing great. I can't complain. I dig it, dig it. So, so, so traditionally when, when someone's first name starts with A, last name starts with the B, the nickname is automatically A.B. Do you have yeah. any other nicknames besides A.B.? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Um, you know, A.B. has really stuck in basketball. It's really stuck. Uh, but I have Bizzle, A. Bizzle, um, Ash. I get called Bizzle a lot, actually, from some of my teammates call me Bizzle. A lot of my teammates in the W call me Bizzle. I, I dig that, Bizzle, Bizzle, Bizzle. And so, Ashley, A.B., Bizzle, as you know, yeah, but my oh wait, I have a couple more. Like my my aunts and my like mom and them, they've been calling me champ since I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah. yeah. I dig that. It's it's very fitting. Very yeah, fitting. it worked out. It worked out appropriately. So that part, that part. So champ, you know the importance of warming up and stretching. So I got a couple warm-up questions for you. All right. So here it we better go. be some blobs. <laughs> here we go let's see let's see let's see you can finish this play for me all right. all right do you want to listen to one musical artist for 30 days straight only one their entire catalog who are you selecting uh i have a few that i would select from uh i could probably do all of jay-z's catalog i could probably do all of michael jackson's catalog stevie wonder's catalog um earth Oops. wind and fires catalog okay uh we'll probably do all of mm, yeah that's probably if i had to choose like all their catalog yeah there it is now ab and i know you don't have any problems making a decision you're going to select one who are you going with probably stevie wonder yeah, that's that's some good stuff right there. That's good stuff. You can't go wrong with Stevie. And he has yeah, he's one of my favorites. Extensive catalogs. So, I mean, you may not get back to the one song and the, the whole 30 days you might not get back. Now, that's true. And to think about it, he also has long songs. I'm a Stevie yeah. man. Some of his songs may be seven, eight minutes. So <laughs> jamming the whole time. Right, exactly, exactly. And so if you had to be on a reality TV show, whether it's on air or off air, which reality TV show would you join? Uh, Are you going to make it a band? you go real world? Where are you going with it? Uh, I'm not really a huge reality TV fan. I guess I would just broadcast. I mean, the best reality TV for me is sports. So I guess, you know, and I broadcast. So that's what I would do. Okay. So... I'm not like, I don't watch Making the Band. I don't watch Real Housewives. Like, I don't... I don't really like get down with that, you know, because I feel like although it's been great for a lot of people, it's just not my cup of tea. Got you. Like you want to do like American Race or anything like that? Who's running all of that? Like I'm not <laughs> running all that. Like I, I, I used to have to like run and be in shape for a living. Like I'm not doing all like running across the world for. I've seen the world. I've done it. Right. Good. Top Chef. Anything. I can't, I can't cook like that. So why am I going to be on top chef? <laughs> like, like, I mean, I mean, I guess, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I guess like, uh, if I had, a, if I had something to sell, I would go on Shark Tank. There it is. There it is. That's it. That's it. I'm with you there. Shark Tank. There it is. Awesome. Thanks for sticking with me there. Last one more question. Favorite movie of all time to this day is on. You'll sit down and watch. This is very difficult for me uh, because I love movies. Um, one of my favorite, 
I'm gonna just give you like a plethora of favorite movies because I have a bunch of them. Uh, my dog is named Bronx after a Bronx tale. So that's one of my favorite movies. Okay. Um, Into the Spider-Verse, one of my favorite movies. Uh, Matrix, I'll watch that every time it's on. Um, okay. Jurassic, Jurassic Park, I'll watch that every time it's on. Which one? The first one? The, yeah, the first one. I'll watch okay. it every single time it's on. Um, you know, I'm really like a sci-fi person. Love Jones, I'll watch it every time it's on. Is your name uh, Yo, every time it's on, I will I will watch it. So there I have a there's a few a few movies that you know if it if it's on, I'll be like, ooh. And I'll just sit there and it don't matter what part of what part it's in. My my the hardest thing for me is just trying not to repeat the lines. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I could do that probably with Love Jones. And if we were talking sitcom sitcoms, I would do that with Martin. I feel like oh my god! Every single line as what they lace Martin. I mean, I don't like there. Um, I stopped watching Martin when when you got to the uh, the what is it the Blue Couch Martin Martin episodes when they had to be in second room. Yeah, like Probably you could tell. Like, Martin, yeah, yeah, you could you could tell you could tell like it just wasn't the same. After that, and I think I think the intro was like the comedic intro, and they started like comedy. They kind of looked like cartoon characters and stuff like that. Or oh, Martin yes. looked like a cartoon character. Yep. Like once, like those episodes weren't very good, in my opinion. But. Gotcha. Not fair enough. Fair enough. It was different when they were unable to be in the same room, but Martin still that TV show. It was hilarious. Go, go, AB. I can't let you squeeze out of it though. You gave me like twelve movies. You, you give me one. We're gonna love Jones. We're gonna Jurassic Park. Where are we going? uh let's go uh i'm gonna go matrix and change it up Ooh, there it is dig it dig it dig it so yeah. AB, take us back a little bit hometown early beginnings uh take it away for a little bit uh sure so i'm from pittsburgh pennsylvania to be specific i'm from manchester and on the north side we don't say north side and they tried to change the name to north shore but it's the north side there it is and and particularly from manchester i uh, grew up you know single parent household um uh, but i had like great support system with my aunts and my grandmother uh and my mom was the only child uh grew up playing hoops with the guys and at the time the the neighborhood wasn't, you know, the best. There was a lot of different gangs and a lot of gang activity uh, happening. My mom really didn't want me going over to the field to play uh, play hoops. We had there's two parks in Manchester: it's Conroy and then there's Manchester Field. And Conroy, nobody was really like hanging out there. But Manchester Field, even though some of the ruckus would happen over there, but all the best basketball games. Yeah. So. So there would just be, you know, there was different city league games uh, like those summer, like kind of like Rucker Park and how you would have like different teams and stuff like that. So you have games like that over there. Uh, and then it was just the best talent in, in the hood would be over there hooping, even though they were some of them were kind of in in that lifestyle. But those of us who weren't a part of that lifestyle, they kind of they protected us. So we would go and hoop and, you know, if anybody started started some ruckus they'd like chill they're not into that or you know they would step in and make sure if something happened it was you know they made sure nothing would happen to us um so and, i'm gonna jump i'm, I'm gonna jump yeah. in maybe uh champ take me back so who introduced you to the game of basketball um i mean it was like a family yeah i've just played all my life and my my aunt's um, and my mom, they're all very, they're very active and they're very into sports, uh, very into sports. Like they're, my aunts are very knowledgeable and very like knows what's going on. You can have a conversation with them about any sports and they know, they know what's going on. Um, and we just played all the time. You know, I just, my friends played like everyone in the hood played like your, your friend Tamika is also my friend we're neighbors. Like we grew up across the street from one another and she's a little older than me, but we all played. So it wasn't like, like my street probably had, my street had four D1 athletes on it. Wow. So, but, so, I mean, Tamika, 
myself. Yeah, you got Eddie Benton. He played at Vermont and he okay. coaches at uh, Mississippi State now on women's basketball. James Jackson played at Eastern Michigan, made it to the G League, played um, in the NBA for a little bit. Like th- that's just my street. Wow. Yeah, that's strong. That's a strong street. Yeah. That's, so what street did you grow up on? Shout out your street. Oh man, because I still go over there. I ain't shouting on my street. Oh, fair enough. Say less. Say less. <laughs> say less. <laughs> so AP, so hearing hearing your uh, your support system and your and your, and your your household, was it very competitive? Oh, for sure. Oh my god. Oh, about everything. Like, huh? Yes, I was a very competitive, uh, sore loser as a kid, and. And I mean, and my family didn't let me win at anything, like nothing, whether it was playing cards, pickup sticks, relay races, basketball, I had to earn everything. And the, the crazy thing is um, a really funny story. So my mom, she, she's a social worker in Pittsburgh school uh, district. And she was uh, telling me a story about how they were having like, relay races um with like middle school kids and having relay races or maybe elementary school kids and and so she's like okay I'm gonna join in and it's getting close to the end and the team and the one team she joined the team that was losing and the other team had like a, a couple of kids they just weren't really interested in what was going on so they were just taking their time so it allowed the other team to kind of catch up so they're the team that's winning is on their last their last person and you had to go the length of the court and back and so the girl so now it's like my mom's turn to go and the girl is like she's pretty much coming back you know and so my like my mom she's 67 okay probably like probably like 66 or 65 at the time this is happening so this is very recent okay this is this is pretty recent like within the last five years and so she like takes off and the kids are like, go, go, go. They're like right. screaming. The, like you have the one kids are like, go, you're like, you need that. She's catching on you. And then the other kids like, go, this battle, go, this battle. Right. And so, and so my mom's telling me this story and now she's telling the story. She's like, yeah, you know, and I'm sitting there catching up. I'm gaining on her. And she's like, I thought about like letting her win, you know? And so she's telling me this story and I cut her off mid story. And I'm like, what? Right. I'm like, what? you going to let her win. you going to let her win. I was like, y'all didn't let me win at anything. Like, I'm like right. what is that going to teach her? I'm like, yeah, I had to earn everything. Like, like how to play. Like I had to earn everything. And she was like, and then I thought of you. And I was like, I can't let her win. Cause Ashley would never let me hear the end of this. If, there it is. if I just let, let somebody win. And I was like, oh, okay, my bad. Like, but yes, you're right. I would have never let you hear the end of it because you guys never let me win at anything. I mean, like my aunt would take me to the court and just Charles Barkley me down and just back me down, back me down and be just score. No mercy. No mercy. And, and I'd be like, that's not basketball. And she was like, stop it. Stop it then. I'm like, all right. And then by the fifth grade, this ended in the fifth grade. Yeah. Because I, I grew to like, five eight in the fifth grade and and I was pretty much like holla at your girl let's go that part like, like yeah I was like holla at your girl you want some like all right bet so, you know, so, so, so I'm, I'm gonna take you back to elementary here shortly but you said something you all play spades oh yeah you, sure. you play cards so is spades one of the card games you all play absolutely all right here spades, we go so this is like, we may have to end this podcast if you answer this incorrectly. So, what's the oh, top boy. three cards when you play? Joker, Joker, Deuce, Ace. Let's go. Let's go. Joker, Joker, Deuce, Ace. Let's go. Let's go. So, we got the four. That Deuce, Deuce stuff, like, yo, like, that's for the birds. Yeah. So, you know, every, 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 everybody has their home rules. You know, you abide by the home rules of wherever you're at. I get it. But, I mean, it's Joker, Joker, Deuce, Ace. Do say, there it is, there it is. And so you mentioned elementary. I remember so reading that I believe it was elementary school where you were actually playing uh, on the boys' team. Is that correct? Yes, I was the only girl on all boys' basketball team. 
Um, and if you have my teammates tell you, they'll tell you I was the best player on this team as well. And one of the guys I was talking about, um, James Jackson, uh, we call him Boo. Uh, he was on this team, you know, went on to have a very, uh, very successful uh, college and professional career. Um, you know, when I see him to this day, he'll tell people like, yo, Ashley was busting our ass. <laughs> She was killing us, you know? Yeah. And so fast forward, uh, high school time frame. You talked about your um, your surroundings and uh, maybe that played a role in this, in this transition, this shift. But speak about this. You didn't go to high school in Pittsburgh. Talk about that time frame. And where did you go? I didn't. I went to Lindsley, which is a boarding school in Wheeling, West Virginia. Uh, it, I mean, it's it different. Like I didn't. You know, you're inner city kid going to the suburbs of Pittsburgh um, in a different state. Uh, you know, there's not very many black people there. You know, so it was a whole bunch of things to get accustomed to. You know, I mean, a lot of I was just telling a friend of mine earlier today where, you know, sometimes like now as an adult, black people are just being the only black person in the room and, and trying to feel like, how does that feel? You know, I had to deal with that in high school, <laughs> right. you know, walking around and maybe being the only black person there, you know, and how does that feel and how do you adjust to that? Um, and luckily I had a very, you know, good mother and, and who just knows a lot about a lot of different things. And so did sports help you with that transition? Because I identify what you went through from the middle school to ninth grade. I was in a similar situation where I was in predominantly um, white, white school. And so making that, making that adjustment, I mean, we were probably like, maybe there were two of us, you know, in the seventh grade together. And, um, but one thing that, that I was able to lean into was, uh, was playing sports and also being a standout athlete actually helped me with that transition. Can you speak to being in that environment, but also being a standout athlete and how you manage that and if that helped you or not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, I mean, I didn't know I was going to go there. So it, it was one of those things where it was very last minute and my mom was just like, Hey, you know, you don't like it you can always come home you're not like contractually obliged to stay there you know and so I was like all right yeah you're right like I, I can come home like this right. is you're right so went down there it's or it's orientation and I don't know anybody you know and um a student comes up to me and she's like oh you're Ashley Battles you know and I'm like I am. She tells me who she is and her younger sister and I played for the same AAU club. So I knew her sister and I knew her dad very well because we would like travel together and I'd see them all the time. Yeah. And so, and she had, a, she is a, a black female and she had an older brother that went to the school as well. And so she knew like, all the teachers and like all the, you know, a lot of the students already and stuff like that. And again, it's really, it's, it's a weird space to be in, especially when you're, when you live away from home in high school and you, and it's just uncomfortable. Like your first couple months, you don't know anybody, you don't really know what to expect and you're trying to figure it out. Um, you don't have it. You don't really have any friends kind of saying to yourself, like, when do I talk? When do I not talk? Like, you're really just trying to, you're, I was like socially awkward at that particular moment. Um, and then once, once basketball started, it was like. Right. The champ is here. You know, this is, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, so you bought out of high school, you set mad records. How was the recruiting process for you? Oh man. So. The recruiting process started in the, my first letter was in the seventh grade. Um, so I knew at least in the seventh grade, I at least go to school for free. And um, it was from William and Mary. I'm not, sure allowed, yeah. I'm not sure if they're allowed to send letters to seventh graders, but whatever. Right. 
so the recruiting process for me was kind of crazy because I was my AAU team was like really really good like really really good so we had um you know to give you an example of how good my AAU team was as 12th graders we were the number one team in the country and third 13 like 13 through high school we were the number three team in the country so we had um like players go to Penn State just Brungo went to Penn State played in the WNBA Kate Bolger is like all everything at West Virginia and got Mark? drafted is she related to Mark yeah as her, his uh, younger sister okay he has two younger sisters the, the whole family is just mad athletic, first of all. And he has two younger sisters that both played at WVU um, as well. And so, like, Kate, she's – I believe Kate is, like, the all-time leading scorer at WVU currently. Okay. And both, yes. of, his, both of his sisters, I want to say, got inducted into the Hall of Fame there. So, wow. like – Yeah, they put in work. So, right, you have them. Then you have, like – we had – so – to, to make a long story short in that regard, our top eight went D1. Got you. And so you all pretty much stayed together from, like, since, like middle school, 12, 12 all the way yeah, through? Yeah, we did, wow. all the way through. All the way through. So we knew each other inside and out on the court. And, um, and I was probably one of the top two players of that team. And, I mean, I got recruited by every school in the country except for Tennessee and North Carolina. Okay. How did that make you feel? You cool with it? Yeah, you know, it is it is what it is. Out. Okay. Fair enough. It is what it is, you know. So um, I mean, I had, you know, a plethora of great schools. So it wasn't okay. like it wasn't like I, you know, was I mean, it just stood out. It stood out that I didn't get recruited by those schools because I got recruited by everybody. Yeah, you know? that makes so, sense. That's why I was wondering if there was something there because you know, everybody in the country was after you and you brought up those two schools, but I got you because you stood out like, wait, what's going on, right? So, right. So, but, but they had players in my position at the time and players coming in and stuff like that. So, um, I thought I was going to Stanford. Like, I was um, going to the West Coast. I'm out of here. Like, I was, I was off to Stanford. Um, and the, so the way that the recruiting process work it works is you can sign in the winter and you could sign in the spring. Right. And so like the leading up into the fall winter signing, you know, there's SATs and stuff like that you have to take. So the first time I took the SATs, I like did terribly on it. Like I'm not I'm I'm not the best test taker. Like I just get test anxiety. And I'm sure all the people do it, but I just get test anxiety. And and it's like one of those things that I've always had where it's like I gotta fill something out before I'm like okay with it. You know, I just don't dive right into things. I gotta like check it out, like, all right, we good, and then and then I'll dive in. And and this test was no different. So I'm like checking it out, like, all right. And then the second time I took it, blew it out of the water. There it is. Right, 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 right. And so. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I took, I took it twice as well. I took it twice. You know, so the second time I took it, I, like, crushed it. And so Stanford's like, hey, like, why don't we want you to come out and, like, sign in the springs? And I'm like, what? Like, I don't want to deal with this. Like right. it, like I don't want to deal with this my entire senior year, and I'm like sign in the spring. It just didn't make any sense to sign. Like, why would I do that? And and so I was like, you know, thank you for your offer, but I'm out. Yeah, yeah. And and so Stanford's off the table, and now you get five recruiting visits, but I only took three. Um, uh, my last three was Penn State, Duke, and UConn. Gotcha. Got you. I, I'm, really? I'm gonna pause because uh, did you ever consider staying in your home city and going to Pitt? Because no, no not at all. It, now, not now, at all. It, it's part of the reason why. So, so I played football at Pitt, and and I also played on an intramural intramural basketball team. So, it's part of the reason that you didn't want that smoke on the basketball court. 
from me and, and my and my teammates? Absolutely not. I used to, <laughs> my cousin, my cousin went to Pitt. Like, so like there is no, there is nothing there. Nah, it, it had nothing to do with like anything like that. It was in part was because the head coach at the time. Um, a, I didn't want to stay local. I just didn't want to stay local. Yeah. And if yeah. if Pitt if Pitt was able to keep the the local players at the time local, we probably would have a couple national championships. To tell you the truth, that's a good point. You talked um, about the, the the AAU team. You're right. That's a good point. And then not only that, but Tamika, you know, you had Swin, you had Tiana Jennings, you had Cindy Dallas. Like, there's a lot of players that's that true. are older in that in that time frame that are a couple years older than me and a couple years younger than me. That if if you were able to keep them, keep all of us there, Tanisha Wright, Jess Strom, like there's a lot of players that I never thought about that. That is so true. That could have a lot of local players for like like a whole nother platform right now. Another level for the pick could be you pick could be UConn. Yeah. No, 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 definitely not. Pick, no, all jokes aside, yeah. They could be wow. UConn if they would have kept the local talent there. Uh, but I, I mean they they were at the time was very sneaky in my eyes because they told people that I, I signed there and I didn't. So it was like at an AAU tournament. And I remember vividly Anthony Munoz coming up to me because his daughter uh, ended up playing at Tennessee. His, both of his kids actually went to Tennessee and coming up to me and saying like, congratulations. And I'm like, Oh, what? And he's like, Oh, you signed up it. And I'm like, I didn't sign up for it. Like, what are you talking about? And so, like, I literally had to go in as a high school kid and, like, talk to the coach about, like, why would you lie and say, what? like, oh, I signed up for when when I didn't? Yeah. All right. So, it was already – they were. I wasn't going there anyways, but then that happened. I'm like, yeah. Nah, that was a W. I get that. Yeah, yeah. That's what you talk about. Sour taste. I get it. So, you select UConn. Why UConn? Uh, coming off a national championship, um, and it was just one of those places where it's really good fit for me. Uh, my grandmother had passed away um, my senior year of high school, and and really the turning point was like Gina was the only one that really expressed his condolences. Yeah, so, so that made a difference for me. No, I get that. It's it's interesting that you uh, you said that. I think sometimes coaches and people who work with young people in general, sometimes, you know, they overlook that they are human beings and looking at them besides what they can do, not just what, what they can do for you, you know, whether it's a basketball player, football player, or a baseball player, what have you, but care for them individually. And, um, and athletes, like, we, 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 uh, we want that, <laughs> you know, we want that, like, support me for me. And, um, Wow, no, no, that, that's strong. So uh, salute to him. So you go to UConn, man, you get Google. We know y'all balled out national champions like multiple years. Y'all, we know the on the court stuff. Talk about some of the stuff off the court. What did you major in? Uh, I double majored in marketing and economics. Okay, so tell me the, uh, the interest in marketing. Why marketing? Uh, well, business major, I've always thought I would, um, I didn't really know I would have a career in sports at the time. Um, it was just one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'm pretty, I have a creative mind. Um, maybe I would be able to do like ad work because I'm always like, think I can probably put together a jingle or something like that. And between my cousin and I, Say Between that, my cousin can't. and I, we could put together like we could put together something, you know. Come on, for, that, that, no, wait, look, give me a little sample. So, so you got a little jingle you could you could you could drop. What I need to get? Do I need to get your subject matter? What what, nah, what jingle nah, you nah, got? Nah, 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 nah. Chill, 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 chill. So, so chill, I feel chill, like chill, I feel chill. like I feel like you get a jingle. That might be you, you freestyle a little bit. Can you freestyle a little bit? No, it's not necessarily about freestyling, but it's just like like my cousin and I are like uber creative together. You know, so if I'm in like a creative space with someone, like, like stuff just happens, you know, okay. and he and I, and he and I have developed songs that we're just like, man, if we like actually like 
wrote this out, it would actually be pretty good and really fun. Like it's like satire songs that are like really funny. Gotcha. Hilarious. So, so marketing econ. So how did you balance being a student athlete, you know, extremely demanding uh, time management, like people are pulling at you, you're traveling. How did you manage that? Uh, was not easy to tell you, to tell you the truth. Uh, was not easy at all. So my freshman year of college, I had Tommy John surgery in my elbow. Um, so I ended up red shirting, red shirting, which created the opportunity for me to have a fifth year at UConn. By doing so, I graduated in four years in, with a marketing degree. And now I'm like, well, what do I do with my fifth year? Do I start grad school? Do I, you know, take some, you know, BS classes and like, I'm like going over all of the, all of, you know, my courses and stuff like that. And, and econ and marketing overlap so much that I only needed three more classes, the double major in marketing. Uh, Yeah. You know, I just needed to take the the econ classes and then you have to take the entry level econ classes with the marketing degree um but i just needed you know three more classes of like deeper econ stuff and when i tell you those are like three of the hardest classes i've ever taken it was it was it was rough that last year was rough but you got through it you got through it. So you got some marketing and econ. That's strong. Let me talk about being successful outside of court. Like, yeah, that part, that part. And so I know your family was uh, extremely proud for uh, graduation. Absolutely. Talk, talk, about, talk Absolutely. about that moment. Um, I mean, my mom uh, is a college graduate, and I'm the second person in my immediate family to graduate from college. Uh, it was very important. You know, my mom stressed education at a very young age. So uh, she stresses just always continuously learning. And, you know, for her, like, for example, if I got in trouble, you know how sometimes you have to, you know, you get on punishment or this and the other, I would have to do book reports, gotcha. you know, on stuff that wasn't in school. So I, and if preferably, you know, another african-american person in history or invention like i would have to like didn't have google at the time so i had to like whip out encyclopedias right right research people go to the library and like research people on like anything whether it's you know who made penicillin i mean like there's so many you know, black people who's done extremely powerful and amazing things that we just aren't taught about in school. And so my mom was like, oh, you're going to mess up. You got to do a book report. So I had to read and, you know, write about different individuals. And so um, staying at UConn on the court, I mentioned earlier, y'all balled out. So we think one of your fondest memories will come to mind, UConn basketball. You know, definitely winning a national, I mean, winning national championships are, are pretty memorable. Um, one of my fondest memory, though, is probably like the first game where we played Georgia. It was like my first time playing on television. It's a nationally televised game, and it's like my first game. And we're playing against, you know, Georgia they were really good top team in the country and Gino's like all right you and Diane are going in and you're like the wing and we're just like all right let's go and to this day my aunt still talks about that game and how like you know she was she's like you and D just came in and like shut up you know so that's that's definitely a fond memory um I mean, a lot of my memories are just off the court and hanging in with my teammates and, and having fun with them. And, you know, a lot of us, we're still all really close to this day. Um, so it's fun to really reminisce with them. Cool, cool, cool. So what was your, um, what was your jersey number? Like, what was your most favorite jersey number? 
and and why? Like, what's the significance behind? Because oftentimes, you know, athletes, we have a tie to our numbers. There's a reason why we select our number. So what number, like, sticks out to you? I've had a few jersey numbers in my day. Um, growing up, it was 23, you know. Yeah. Go. Yeah, and then when you moved to 45, I moved to 45. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and I had... I had 33 for a minute, but it was very brief. Uh, I'm a huge Grant Hill fan, so at 33 for a minute. Then Grant Hill was that dude. Yeah, he was that dude. When I went to high school, they didn't have uh, 45 or I, I feel like they didn't have 23 either, or or the 23 jersey was too small for me. Okay. And so I was 44 in high school which was like, all right, well, it's next to 45. So I just picked 44. But there was really no significant meaning in, in picking yeah. <laughs> And then in college and in the pros, my number was 22, which is half of 44. Got you, got you. Okay, dig that, dig that. And so you mentioned it, the pros. You have an opportunity uh, in the USL and the WNBA. Now, was that a goal of yours And in- First, was it, yeah, in college, in college, without a goal, like, yeah, I want to play in the WNBA? Um, it was one of those things where it was like, if it happens, great. If not, I had a job lined up with Nike. Um, so I interned with Nike the summer of my, uh, my red shirt year, that summer, going into my fifth year, I interned at Nike in Portland. Oh, you went to Portland? I was going to ask that question. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, if I get drafted, it's great. You know, I'll continue to pursue basketball. If I don't, I'm not really worried about it. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I ended up getting drafted 25th overall. And, and in part, the reason why I got drafted is crazy. So, like, you get labeled as athletes. You know, you get labeled as players and stuff like that. So I was labeled as a defensive player who couldn't score, and which is not the case at all. Like, right, I, I still scored over a thousand points at UConn, and it, you know, wasn't really like my job to score. I scored when we needed me to score, you know, but not wasn't everybody going to sit there and take the mantle of you know being a defensive standout, and that's what I did. And so. Um, so at the combine, and they don't even have the combine now, which is like, it's so sad. You know, for me, I, I feel like it's so sad because it gives players who are in like my position a, one last opportunity to showcase your talent. So for me, and, and, that's, and that's what it did for me. So the first day I was terrible, like God awful. I mean, just like, if this is the basket, I was shooting it over there. Wow. And um, not, not where second, you know, you put too much pressure on yourself to perform. Probably, yeah. yeah, probably, um, you know, like I always want to do well. And sometimes it just doesn't work that way. Like, you know, I've, I've played well in big games, you know, but sometimes, you know, in the, final four, in the final four, I don't think I've ever played well. In my opinion, like, I don't think I've played well in the final four. Like, I was like, I want to do well, I want to do well, you know, and just, it just didn't work, yeah. work out. And, but I've always made big plays in the final four, but I don't know. But I've, I don't think I've ever played to my potential in the final gotcha. four. Gotcha. So day two. I'm terrible. Terrible. Friday, Saturday. What, one and I, two? One and two. Freaking terrible. And I'm just like, whatever you know what I mean and so the so the third day we're just playing pickup you know they make the teams and they're just like all right you know go ahead do what you do and probably had one of the best days of my life playing I mean when I tell you I first off I didn't miss a shot I probably had like I don't know close to 40 and it was like I was on on fire like I was on fire like like everything that you wanted to see in a player, like I showed you, it was layups, reverses, mid-range, threes, step backs, fadeaway. I mean, the whole arsenal was yeah. full. Like, so much. It was like, like you were back in Manchester. You were just on the, yo, on the it was, 
He's at the park. It was crazy. It was crazy because like every time I shoot it, you could hear the crowd go, oh, oh. <laughs> like every time it'd be like, oh, like, every single time. And and my best friend uh, Jessica Moore was there. She played with me at UConn, and and she's just she has a lot of nervous energy sometimes. But, and when she does, she like kind of puts her hand close to her face. And so she's just like, but she's so excited for me. Right. And she's just like sitting there, like, like kind of like biting her nails, but she's, and I could see her out of the corner of my eye. She's like, oh my God, like, like right, 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 right. Go best friend, go best friend. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, so there, and at the end of that, you know, um, Jenny Busek, who's actually, she's a coach for the uh, Indiana Pacers assistant coach for, for the Pacers comes up to me and she's like, I think you just got yourself drafted. And I got drafted. There it is. By, yeah. by the team that she was coaching on. So. How about that? Wow. That's yeah. really cool. And so, so you bought, are you going to play what, six years in the WNBA? Six years in the WNBA. What was the transition like from being playing in WNBA and getting into the, um, the workforce professional career? How was that for you? Uh, it was tough. It was tough, actually, because my career ended on an injury. Um, I had a nasty injury to my hip and my ankle, uh, sciatic nerve issues in my hip, where I would jump in the air and, like, a pain would originate my hip and shoot down my leg, Oof. and my leg would go numb. Um, and then I sprained my ankle, like, so bad it was like the size of my calf and I'm not, I'm not really a sweller. Like I don't, I don't really swell. So like, this was just both of those injuries together is just really significant. And, um, but no one looked at my back and, you know, years later I finally get MRIs and again, get MRIs taken like a couple years ago. I have two bulging discs in my back. My labrum and my hip was torn in, two different places and kind of find out my ankle was kind of all right, but I definitely have arthritis in my ankle. So like, you know, that those are the three injuries that, you know, ended my career. And because it didn't necessarily go how I had planned or wanted it to go, like, you're just frustrated. You know, I was frustrated. I didn't really like sports you know, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I kind of, even though like I know there's players and teammates of mine that I've had that like love love me, they love me and they want my well-being to be great. And I know like if I would have reached out, they would talk, they would have talked to me through it, but I just didn't want to talk to anybody. I had no interest on talking to anyone. Like I wanted to disassociate myself from like everything sports. I had not, cause like I just had nothing to do with it and it wanted to do with it. And I'm like, I played well enough to at least get a tryout and I couldn't even get a tryout. So I was like, yeah, no, well, screw everybody. We're done. Done, We're with done. done with the game. We're done. Yeah. You know? And so, um, and you know, you're, it's, it's hard to just stop playing something that you've done all your life. And, you know, one of the things that kind of got me out of the funk was, uh, you know, so I'm, I, I'm at my mom's house and I don't know, you, you'll probably remember it, but I don't know. There's a game called Guitar Hero. Yes. Yes. So for those of you out there who have no clue what Guitar Hero is, it's like this game where you get like this plastic guitar and you could put it on like the Wii, PlayStation, whatever. And there's like different color codes on the guitar that matches up with what's playing on the screen. Right you just have to match it up and, and, and the notes kind of plays that song that's that you're playing at the time. So I'm in my mom's living room and I'm playing this game and I could feel like beams coming in the back of my head, you know, and like my okay. mom is like looking at me in disgust. I mean, she's <clears throat> like, ew. And so I get done, I put the game away and she's still looking at me like, like, what are you doing? And so I look at her, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, why are you looking at me like this? Yeah, right, right, right. And she's like, why don't you just play a real guitar? And I'm like, fine. And she's like, fine. I'm like, fine. And so, <laughs> you know, that day we went out, bought a real guitar for my, she already had a guitar, but I, I bought a guitar and she, and then we started taking guitar lessons together. That's really cool. 
Yeah. So it really helped divert, you know, it helped, it really helped put energy into something, you know, kind of take my mind off of, you know, why I wasn't and putting it into like, I can, you know, so to speak. So it really helped me kind of get out of that space. Um, and then, you know, I transitioned from basketball into getting into finance. So I uh, was at a, like a personal banker at a bank, um, Fifth Third in Pittsburgh, um, worked there for a couple as a personal banker. Then I ended up becoming a branch manager um, of one of the branches and it, it was pretty cool, but I was like, I was bored, man. <laughs> I, was, I was bored, you know, yeah. I'm just like, all right, you know, Pittsburgh, it's a great city in some regards. And then at the same time, there's it like people stay in positions for like a really long time. So it's just hard to move up. That's true. It's just really hard to move up there. And so I was just kind of feeling like squeezed, like everybody above me, you know, like the regional directors and directors, they were all like relatively young, you know, in their thirties. I'm like, and then I'm like, they got a cozy job. They ain't going nowhere. Right, like, right, right. Working in banks and your director level and your branches like perform over, you get like a $40,000 bonus. I'm like, they ain't going nowhere. Exactly. I'm soon. And so, and at, simultaneously, as I'm feeling that energy, um, one another one of my best friends, Maria Conlon, who I played at UConn with, she calls me. She's like, "What are you up to?" And I'm like, "I'm bored, man. It was good, <laughs> you know." <laughs> like, like she and I, she and I are just kind of shooting the shooting the stuff and just talking. And um, she's like, "Hey, there may be a position for you here." And at she was working at a financial planning firm in Connecticut called Barnum Financial Group. And so she's like, why don't you just come up and interview and see how it goes? And so I'm like, all right. I go up. I did really well in the interview. Um, you know, I was probably in Pittsburgh for like a year and a half, two years. And my mom's like, oh, you just got here. You know, I mean, because I had been gone for a really long time, like eighth grade going into high school that's true yeah right four years of high school I'm gone five years of college yeah pros I'm gone you know and I'm gone you know all the year overseas like I'm gone you know for a really long time and so um, I was like you just got here and I'm like yeah but I, I I feel like I have to go I feel like I have to leave so I go um, things are going really well. I have a really good salary. I go and then I start working with a smaller boutique firm within the larger firm. Okay. And they have interest in building a sports and entertainment division, which was which aligned with what I wanted to do as well. And so I helped build a sports and entertainment division um, at Barnum Wealth Management, and they're now called 24 Wealth. Um, and so I would, we help, you know, like, Hey, like from the ground up, like, all right, we got to start talking to players. We got to start talking to agents. We got to start talking right. to GMs. We got to start talking to right. teams and leagues and this and the other, how are we going to do this? Blah, 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 blah. And so by doing all of that, you start connecting and, and it, that really put me back into sports and like reconnecting with people, um, reconnecting with teams and reconnecting with like, um, you know, opening my eyes back up to what was going on into the world of sports. I started watching, you know, I was watching again and I was playing, you know, recreationally again. Um, but, you know, this kind of put me like. Yeah, you're back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep in there, head first. Back back again, right. so, so then that really introduced me to the right people at the league office. And I was able to, um, I left finances and went to the league office was doing international work there um and again you're just talking to you're just everywhere and you're one thing about the league office and like getting into sports in general you know on the on the league side is just that like not everybody has access you know and and you have to have you have to have access if you 
have if you want to get into sports. And by access, the league office gives you access to everybody. You have access yeah. Like, it's like who? I mean, you could talk to literally anybody you want to, or if you're at like a, but but you get access to go to the event. So you get access to go to All Star. You go to G League Showcase. You right. go to the Combine. You go to the draft. You go to like all these different places where the people who are making the decisions on teams are going to be at. And so it gives you opportunity to network and, you know, build your brand within sports again. And it doesn't hurt, like, coming from UConn. Everybody knows what UConn is. So, you know, you already have, like, a couple talking points, you know, because they're going to want to know, like, wait, what team were you on? Who's right, you? yeah, y'all got like fifty championships. So got to see. How many right? chips do you have? <laughs> right, you know, right. Like, like people want to. It's it's an interesting story. So people want to know, you know, what, you know, how that played off, how that played. Oh, I know your coach. You know what I mean? And so, like that happened a lot. Like first time I met uh, Brad Stevens, yes. he came up to me and he's like, "I know your coach." He goes, "I know him really well." And I'm like, "You should give him a call." Right. Right. Oh like call him he's he'll tell you all about me he's known me since i was a kid you know so like you know what with that i'm gonna interrupt because one of the things we 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 stress with our the young people we work with the young student athletes is the importance of relationships and you talked about your brand your personal brand can you briefly speak to the importance of uh the power of relationships and also you know how you represent yourself your brand yeah absolutely i mean people don't want to work with assholes you know, they don't, and they don't want to work with jerks. So like, it's very important, you know, that you're a person of your word and that, you know, you carry yourself well. So, you know, if you're, if you go into these places, you know, where you're, there's going to be a GM of a team there or coaches or players or anybody, you know, I'm, I have no issues going up and introducing myself to people um it's it's uh, people have told me it's art because it's it's not easy to do that right it's not easy to do that and and i have people who played in the WNBA with me and they and they'll tell me they know the same people i know but they're like i could never mm. like, come on, let me introduce you like i know them come on let me introduce you you know what i mean so i have no problem introducing somebody you know, pump, pumping somebody up and letting them take over, you know, or introducing myself and, you know, and people, I'm sure you've heard about like your 15 second pitch, your elevator. elevator pitch. Right, right, right. Um, and that's a real thing. Yeah. That's a, that's a real thing. Like you, you're only going to get a split second with these individuals and are they going to remember you or are they not going to remember you? So, right. You know, and another thing that's just really important, like once you develop that, that initial conversation and you acquire their information, you know, reach out, you know, say something every once in a while. It doesn't, I mean, it can really be about anything. Like it doesn't have to be about, you know, people, you, you, you sh- like people make that a lot more difficult than what it actually has to be. So you could literally just say, like, let's say you're talking to me, for example, like you guys already know, you already know, I like the matrix. I like sci-fi movies. I like, you know, rom-coms. Um, so for me, if you have my information or you reached out to me on LinkedIn, you'd be like, Ash, the new matrix is coming out in December. Are you want to go see it? Right. You right. know what I mean? Like right. I'd, yeah. I'd probably be like, dude, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> exactly. Like I'd probably respond like that. You know what I mean? So it could, it could literally be about anything. It doesn't have to be about you know, you know, what you're trying to do is just literally staying in contact and, you know, you see something that reminds you of them, then you should tell them. And I, and now these days I'm becoming a really firm believer of that. Um, so on your, if you have an iPhone um, in your photos, or like if you, if you scroll all the way over to the left, it'll give you like featured photos of the day. Yes. And, and they're random throughout your, throughout your whole catalog of photos. Like it, like one could be from 10 years ago, five years ago, wherever. And one could be from yesterday. 
So for example, yesterday I look over in my featured photos and there's a picture of Becky Hammond and I. And so I text the picture to Becky. And I'm yeah. like, what's good, man? I saw this in my photos, made me think of you. How you doing? That's simple. That's simple. What you're saying is so important because it's not about reaching out with people when you need something from them. It's right. really truly start to build build that relationship. Those are some great jewels and nuggets you can share. Right. So important. If you really do need something, they're willing, they want to help you. And, and that's another thing in general is that most people are willing to help. You just got to open your mouth and ask. Like nobody, you know, even like nobody can read your mind. So yes. you got to, you know, fall on the sword, fall on the pride sword and open your mouth. Yeah. And so, so as we begin to wrap up, um, you have a Celtics uh, shirt yeah. on. Uh, representing, you, you mentioned Brad Stevens. So what are you doing now? Um, scouting for the Celtics. Uh, so um, I help build teams. Very dope, very dope. Congratulations on that. Um, so how are you enjoying this one? Oh, it's been great. It's been great. I think one of the really cool things is that um, I just work with really good people. So um, in this industry, you may or may not get good people you know I lucked out and um you know it's hard it's long hours it's a lot of fun but it's just pretty cool I mean I don't know if you can see my background but it's pretty dope oh yeah it's pretty dope you can see the practice court of Celtic how about that yeah that's pretty dope not bad at all not a bad view at all uh, I know you get out there and, uh, and, and still see if you got it oh I do get out there so it's um the other day the gun was up no one's here. I got like 500 shots. Ooh, dang. Just off the word left. Let's get 500 up. Let's go. 500 real quick. And so but it was, I, was, I was sore the next day, though. I was like, right. <laughs> you don't recover as fast as you used to. The um, AD, as you know, uh, the mission of Orange Arrow is to coach student athletes aim for success off the court, out of the pool, off the field, wherever the playing arena may be. Champ, why is it important to be successful outside of your sport? Well, for one, you don't know how long it's going to last. You know, if you're playing professionally or collegiately, I mean, I've know, I've known people who was fortunate like me to play five years. I know people who were injured as soon as they stepped on campus and then and weren't able to play one down, second, or step on the court to play at all their entire their entire collegiate career. So, it's really important to develop alternative skills is very important to develop yourself and it's very important to continue to learn as my mom would say is continue to learn about new things um, if you have aspirations to be in sports is one thing if you have aspirate I mean I had zero aspirations of being in sports initially when I was your age like I was like marketing econ you know and which led me into finances you know and it just so happens that by doing that, it just makes me very, very valuable because I have a financial background. I understand numbers. And, and, I, and then on top of that, I understand basketball very well. You know, so I have a really good balance to make myself attractive to teams. You know, you have to make yourself attractive because there's a bajillion people who want to be in sports. Right. bajillion people but not everybody gets the opportunity so if you can develop yourself and, there, and and not only that but there's different ways of being in sports without doing what I do or being on the court or doing that like like you can there's so many different things you could be an agent you can you know you can be in finances for a team you know on Man, marketing right marketing like all, all of those things like as like sports teams have it's just not, there's two different sides. There's the operation sides and then there's basketball operation sides. But the operation side is still a whole different business. Right. You know? A whole different world over there than it is like actually affecting on the team side. AB, champ, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for who you are. I appreciate you. Looking forward to staying in touch. All right, man. Uh, this is pretty dope, you know. So yeah, hit me up whenever. I'm sure Tamika will, cause that's the homie. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Shout out to Tamika. Shout out to Tamika. Yeah. And um, yeah, maybe we got to hear you play your guitar. When the last time you played? 
it's been a minute actually i i am not keeping a promise to myself actually because i wanted to be like really really proficient by the end of the year and um there's just there was a period where i had to like stop taking lessons because i was like moving i didn't know if i i didn't know if i was moving to portland because i was working with nike prior to the celtics i didn't know if i was moving to portland i didn't know if i was like moving to boston right it was it was a lot it was a lot yeah for like for like a solid two months and um and so I need to, and now it's getting into holiday season. So I'm not really quite sure how available my guitar teacher is going to be, but Mark Strickland, if you're listening, I'm going to call you. There it is. There it is. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate you. Take All care. right. Have a good one. You too.